The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. You probably know Progressive Insurance for insuring your home and auto. You may know Flo and Dr. Rick. But what you may not know is that Progressive helps employees support over 3,800 charitable organizations annually because we're committed to helping our employees, and our employees are committed to helping others. Anyway, we just wanted to share. We were a little too proud of it to keep it to ourselves. And if you already knew all of this about us, you've either heard this radio spot before or just randomly know a lot about Progressive. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates based on data from May 2020 through April 2021. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. What a week 10 it has been. We're recording Sunday night after the monsoon in New England. Wow. Uh, the Patriots, as predicted by yours truly at the Carm, beat the Baltimore Ravens, damn it, 23-17 to as the Ravens uh, slipped to 6-3. and three. Now three games back of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Matt Verderam, I think we got to start with your Twitter day because this is one of the greatest days in Twitter history, my friend. Agreed, no question. So I, I, as I just started, I just went, had to go back to the beginning of the day. By the way, you get a million things right, you get some things wrong. This is the, this is the life that we live here as football lovers. Um, Verderan starts out the day. Man, it's early, but the Packers look atrocious, just embarrassingly bad so far. And, and that they were. All- stayed, uh, that stayed true throughout the entire game. <laughs> <laughs> it did. Actually, it was accurate. <laughs> but they somehow, some way, got past the Jacksonville Jaguars 24 20. Yeah. As I'm scrolling up here, um, and we're getting to the, the big hit here, which is coming up yeah. at some point. But here we go. Just fire Matt Patricia already. The Lions are a complete tire fire. And then followed by, I don't care that the Lions want Patricia should be yeah. fired. We actually wrote about it that he should be fired. Like, look, you know what? And we're gonna, I'll say this now since we're not going to talk about that game later. You're up 24-3 at home against Washington, who can't score a point, by the way. And you need Matt Prater to hit, what was it, a 57, 59-yard field goal? 59. Like, what are we doing? I mean, that team is 4-5 and five in spite of that clown show. If I were, I'm serious. I'll stand by that tweet 100%. Like, God knows I got plenty of crap wrong. There's, I, there, there's no tweet here that you shouldn't stand by. The, the next tweet is Drew Locke ain't it. <laughs> yeah, Drew, Drew Locke is awful. Well, we will get to him later on. Yeah, we, we could get to that. And then as we uh, move along here, you start going off into the Super Bowl contenders. But I'm just going to get to – very impressed by the Bills over the past two weeks. Have have really broken out of their funk, Matt Verderam, about uh, – this is five hours ago. Which I actually uh, still feel. Yeah, and then you – and then and then it gets into Josh Allen with a brutal interception. He should have three on the day, but this time Peterson holds on. <laughs> he should have. He threw two balls right at Patrick Peterson's chest, and he dropped, and then he finally got picked, and then he got picked again. Uh, and there's another Josh Allen. Josh Allen can't make the mistake. It's first and 10. Yep. Ball has to be out, be out in front or out of bounds. Can't leave it inside. Josh Allen, by the way, won with a huge throw late to Stephon Diggs. Great uh, him, that was a phenomenal throw. Phenomenal play by Diggs. Yep. Phenomenal reaction by Diggs. Great, great play. That's, that's why you give me the money. And then here's the, t- the tweet of it all. 
Matt Verderam, the Cardinals, after that touchdown pass, the Cardinals are going to be really, are going to really, really feel that loss. Could be the difference between making and missing the playoffs, which was retweeted by the Arizona Cardinals after the Hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins from Kyler Murray. We actually feel pretty good. It was amazing. <laughs> and you know what? The funny thing is, like, normally, as you know, Twitter's a hellscape, right? Like, you, like, even if, like, it's a totally reasonable thing to say, which that was, I, th- I believe. Um, <laughs> no, like, normally you get a bunch of people who are, like, knuckle-draggers in the comments. Like, oh, idiot! I actually ended up gaining a ton of followers from it who were like, I gave up too, bro. That was awesome. Like, that was, like, <laughs> the general overwhelming sentiment. Like, I don't know if it's just Cardinal fans are pretty relaxed or chill or, like, whatever. I also owned it, like, before the Cardinals even tweet anything. Like, I no, you had idiot up there. Yeah, I quote tweeted myself, and I was like, look at this idiot. You know, <laughs> so I think that was part of it. Like, people saw immediately, like, I wasn't taking it seriously or whatever. Hey, listen, that was a great, great play by the Cardinals. I mean, that like, there's Hail Marys, and then there's that. Murray should have got sacked. He gets out of it. Throws the ball against his body. Hopkins is in between three guys. Makes an unbelievable catch like a hands catch holds on to it i don't even regret tweeting it like it was no you can't you okay a you can't regret the tweet because it it would have been it just felt it felt like the bills were going to get a field goal and we were going overtime yeah it did and, and and then give them credit. They got in range and took a shot at it, and they went to their stud, and he came through, and it was a great throw by Allen. And you thought the game was over. I mean, that, everyone thought the game was over. And by the way, I love that the Cardinals came at you. I, I think it's actually the – I think it's maybe the biggest accomplishment in your career to this point. You got retweeted by an NFL team. That's a big that, – and I'm not trying to downplay anything else you've done, but that's kind of a big deal on an NFL Sunday. Well, I mean, listen, I, I definitely – Underdog Fantasy is the fastest-growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. I know what you mean. Um, I think if nothing else, it kind of it gives me legitimacy, right? Yeah, I mean, you're not going to go after nobody. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I actually, to be honest, I thought the exact same thing when I saw it. I didn't even I didn't even see it until my buddy Dave Giannino from college, who I haven't talked to in years, texted me. And he's like, "Hey, man, did you see this? This is awesome." And I looked <laughs> at it. And I was like, "No, I didn't see it." Um, I was like, "That is really cool." No, I I mean. I'm not going to lie. My first thought was, well, that's pretty, that's pretty damn nice because frankly, if I didn't matter, like they never would have tweeted that. So that was cool. Um, I'm How board. many followers did you have to start the day? Do you know roughly? Uh, over, over 10,000. Okay. Well, you're at 10, four now. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a nice solid day for Verderam. No, it, listen, it was good. And, and like, <laughs> you know what? It's one of those things. If I had tweeted something really idiotic or like inappropriate or something, then that would have been awful. But like, it was something that was funny. Like I can't like, Listen, You're not I, gonna get, I'm not going to get killed for it. So it, 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 all, it all played be- beautifully. It worked out very well for me. And, and listen, it's completely pathetic, but I judge everybody by how many Twitter followers they have. You have 10,400. I've got 8,235. I'm pathetic. You're a champion. And you got to retweet it by the Arizona Cardinals. This is, you are the superior person on this podcast. I and gotta I will say, yeah. I'd have a lot more if I didn't bash the hell out of Trump for four years, but it was worth it. 
<laughs> it was a hundred percent worth it. Like, I definitely be over twelve or so right now. No, but I just I don't care. Um, uh, hey, it may, well maybe you would be, but then again, you 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 did what you wanted to do, Vergaran. Yes, you are I'm you're fine with it. You are unapologetically yourself. Uh, just what? to wrap up the Cardinals, look. Yeah, uh, let's get to it, man. Like, it was huge win. Yeah, enormous win. I, I, Kyler Murray saying like, you know, I it felt good when I when it left my hands. Like, okay, I mean, great, but that was one of the greatest catches you'll ever see. Um, yes. I mean, he did a great job getting it down there, and the Cardinals. Uh, that was a really rough non-cover, by the way. Because if you had two and a half and they, and they get in, it's a, I mean, it good God. Me on the extra point. Just, just kick the extra point, man. There's so many of us are sitting here with two and a half. But it was the right play because if it gets blocked, you, stuff can happen, all that. So that was, But that was a really, really rough one. There were two of them. That one and the Browns game. Yeah, Nick where Chubb. Chubb would have walked in the end zone and scored. He, he went out of bounds at the one-yard line. It was like not the wrong play by him, but like a lot of people had them at four and a half. They went by three. Um, yeah, that was interesting to say the least, but look, I'll, you know what my honest, like all, all the, all the fun stuff, uh, away as far as my Twitter and whatnot, that win for the Cardinals, like they're now in first place in NFC West, you know, it's a three-way tie, but they're in first place. They've beaten Seattle. They've beaten the Niners. They haven't played the Rams yet. They get Seattle on Thursday night football now. So that's going to be an unbelievable game. Um, the Cardinals are right there. It's six and three. They're playing good ball. And you know what? Look, I I wrote this in my column that's going on Monday morning on Fansided. I the Cardinals were the better team throughout that game. Like the Allen threw two picks. He threw two other passes that should have been picked. I mean, bullseyes on a on a defender that would drop, both of them up Peterson. Um, the Bills needed a 54, 55, and 58 yard field goal at three of them just to be in the game. And I'm not knocking the Bills. Look, hey, they hit those field goals, and, and people drop interceptions all the time. My point is, you know, yes, were the Cardinals lucky? Yes. I, it was an incredible play, a one in a million. But they also were the better team throughout most of the game. It's a great win, and it really kicks off now what is, to me, the most exciting division in the, in the league. Because the NFC East is awful. I know who's winning the North. The AFC, there's not one divisional race I care about. I, I'd argue that there's really only two divisions that are even up for grabs. I mean, the West and the North are done. The NFC West is going to be a lot of fun here down the stretch. All three of those teams are good. All three of them could win the division. Yep. And, uh, look, <laughs> I think it's uh, – without question, it's going to be decided by one game. I mean, when you're dealing with 6-3, and 6-3, and 6-3, yep. and, and huge game this week coming up Thursday night, Arizona at Seattle. So, there we go. It's uh, – Someone's getting knocked off that first place perch, and someone's going to be sitting there. Yeah. Well, I mean, hey, look, the Seattle's lost three of four now. Okay, they, they lost to the Rams. And I do think, you know, and I wanted to get to this, so a little bit of, a, of an issue right now with Seattle is beyond just the defense, which we know is terrible. Russell Wilson has 10 turnovers the last four weeks. He sure does. He's taken himself out of the MVP race and the Seahawks, who many were picking – I'm talking about myself right now, uh, to be the best team in the NFC. Uh, the the Rams, I mean, look, Jared Goff had a great game today. They yep. they, I mean, there was some creativity on the field numerous times to pick off Russell Wilson where they were, you know, you got one you got one DB covering one guy and he's, and he, he's reading Wilson. The pick in the corner of the end zone was sweet. 
So, uh, look, this is uh, the, the Seahawks defense was actually better today, but the, offensively they were horrible. Yeah, halfway decent. Uh, Seattle's got to win against Arizona, flat out. Like Thursday night, they want to win this division. It's a must win. I'll go that far. They have to win this game. You're at home. If you lose this game, you're a game back, but really you're a game and a half back because you got swept by them. Seattle has to win this game. I don't know that they're in major trouble right now, but they're going to be if they lose Thursday. And I got to tell you, like, Seattle's defense is just abominable. And I I get it. They played better today. That's fine. I'd also argue the Rams were content with kind of playing along because they were always in the lead and they were able to just kind of get that game down to zero. But Wilson is throwing picks like crazy because they're constantly in need of big plays. They can't have a game where he just throws 25 times. Like, they have no ability to do it. And I know we talked about this multiple times in this podcast this season. Look, at some point, he's just not going to be perfect. And you're going to have to be able to win a game where he's not perfect. They can't do it. Their defense is just absolutely, like, not only, like, bad, but, like, in a lot of games, like, the worst defense in football. I think they're a playoff team. They'll get in. You look at the NFC. I don't think they're really in danger of falling out of the race barring some catastrophic injuries. But – it, it's hard to see them as currently constructed just rolling through the conference. I don't see it. Do you, do you think that Wilson's turnovers have gone up because he knows his defense is so bad and he's got to take more chances? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and say it's a be-all, end-all, but it's, it's absolutely got to be a factor. I mean, it's every game. Look at last week. They scored 34 points and lost by 10. They, they right. can't get off the field. So, yeah, I do think it's – although I will say in this game – the pick in the end zone that he threw was just an awful pick. Awful. Like, he could have ran with the ball. I don't know what he was doing. He just threw the ball. It was a horrible interception. But, yes, I do think generally that is a big part of it. All right. So, that covers Seattle, I guess. Let's let's take a look at the Steelers. Yeah, you know, it's fun watching Joe Burrow, and he was doing his best to keep him around. But, uh, hey, that, that, that didn't last uh, – certainly did not last all day long here. And, and Pittsburgh – I don't know. Maybe Ben Roethlisberger should take every week off because uh, you know he was a he was a candidate uh, high risk category with with COVID. Didn't practice once all week, and he came out and had his best game of the year. I mean, he was phenomenal today. Maybe just give him every week off. Yeah, yeah. Well, he he did. He played very well. I've been very critical of him. Um, he's not averaged a lot of yards per pass. It's a ton of other neat stuff, and they did run a lot of that today, which is fine. But importantly, they mixed in some deep shots, and he hit them. And, and you got to give credit where it's due. 27 to 46, 333. The yards per attempt, nothing great. 7.2, that's that's pretty league average. Um, but, but that's fine when you are throwing for 333 yards and four touchdowns and no picks. Look, I you got to you got to give Pittsburgh credit. They came in. A lot of people thought they'd get bumped off here, or at least being for a fight against the Bengals. They weren't. It was never close. Burrow struggled mightily. I get now. I get it all across the country today that the, the weather was a factor. But hey, Roethlisberger played in it. He played really well. So give him credit. And the, the Bengals ran the ball exceptionally well, which is surprising to be honest. 139 yards, 6.6 yards in attempt. But who cares? They lost, and they lost big time. Um, only undefeated team in the league, nine and zero, and they play Jacksonville next week. So I'm going to go ahead and say there's a pretty good shot they're ten and zero. 
when I was watching this game in the first half, I the Bengals were hanging around, and then like I and I went back just like, oh, well, that's the end of that one. So yeah. you know, I, Cincinnati. I, I didn't you pick the Bengals to win this week? No, uh, or cover? I picked, them, I picked them. Yeah, I think I picked them to lose by a touchdown. Yeah, I, I didn't pick them to win, but you know what? Look, what's just as important for the Steelers right now is Baltimore losing in New England. Yeah. I, I get it's a rain, so that's a brutal loss for the Ravens. The, the, the Pats almost lost to the Jets. They've, they've looked awful against just about everybody the last month plus. And the Ravens really weren't even in that game. I- Progressive's Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Now that we've covered something you could do, it's time for sports stuff you definitely could not do. If you were head coach, you would not have gone for it on fourth down. Your confidence in your play calling ability might be a little overblown, considering you're barely confident in which restaurant to order takeout from, let alone choosing a play in front of 70,000 screaming fans. But you definitely can use Progressive's Home Court Explorer to easily compare rates. Coverage for Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. And I know late they got close, 20 through 17. They had a couple shots. But I mean, they really never threatened, threatened to, to beat them. And now you're 6-3. and three, And I got to tell you, you know, everybody's, oh, they're 6-3. and three. Here's a stat from the Elias Sports Bureau that's unbelievable. Trey Wingo uh, brought to my attention via Twitter. The AFC right now, through 10 weeks, has nine teams with at least six wins. There's never been a conference since the merger that has ever been able to say that. It is ridiculous how good these teams are in the AFC. And as of right now, Baltimore, Las Vegas, Miami, Tennessee, Cleveland, Indianapolis, all at six and three. And Indy's in the, the division seat at the moment. They, they're leading this out via tiebreaker. So take them out for a second. Those other five teams, those are your five, six, seven, eight, nine seeds. If it ended all right now, Vegas is the five, Miami is the six, Baltimore is the seven. So that's a crushing loss for the Ravens, who now all of a sudden they're in the wild card race. They're not winning this division. They are going to be battling it out to try to be the five seed, essentially. The Steelers, I'd argue this. The Steelers and the Chiefs, they're the one two seeds. It's just a matter of how it's going to shake. But the Steelers continue to stay ahead. They keep winning. Good on them. And you would think tonight with Baltimore, too, like, look, the rain's coming down. Not a good night to throw the football. Right. Lamar had his – he had some windows to run tonight that he really just didn't take. And some balls were dropped, but some were overthrown, and some were like, what the hell was that? Uh, The the Ravens look super frustrated right now. The body language is not good. Well – so here, here's what we got, too, with the Ravens while we're on. And we'll cycle back to Pittsburgh in a second. But So Baltimore is 6-3. and three. They go home this week. They get the Titans. That is a massive game. They're both 6-3. and three. Everyone's that game is a key tiebreaker. Then the following week, on Thanksgiving night, Baltimore goes to Heinz Field. It, it's nut-crunching time for the Ravens. You, you got to win. Like you, You've, at a bare minimum, got to split these games. Okay, if you want any shot away in the division, you're going to have to win out, which I, I don't think is happening for the record. But if you want any shot, it's got to happen. It's, it's a crushing loss for them. It's great news for the Steelers. Right now, look, Roethlisberger looked very good against Cincinnati. Now, is that a one-game thing? I don't know, but he looked better. The defense is excellent. Tomlin's a great coach. The Steelers are 9-0. They got Jacksonville next. I, you got to think right now, the Steelers – is it fair to say they're in the driver's seat in the AFC as the biggest threat to the Chiefs? Would you even say they're they're ahead of the Chiefs right now because they're undefeated? I mean, where do you put them? 
I, I'm not putting him ahead of Kansas City. I think Kansas City does stand alone. Uh, but at this point, and I was pretty adamant last week that I just wasn't buying the Steelers, and I don't know why I'd be buying them so much more just beating the Bengals today because they beat the Bengals. Uh, but we do have to look at the body of work right now. They're they're 9-0. and They've outscored their opponents by 100 points. Um, ben found the fountain of youth this week. How long can that last? I don't know, but he certainly looked good today. So, and then, okay, let's look at our candidates here. Uh, I mean, I listen, I think that, I think the Steelers could lose to the Colts. I think they could lose to the Titans. I think they, I think they could lose to Buffalo, but would I put them slightly above those teams right now? I mean, I think you have to. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the Chiefs are the best team in the conference. I have the best team in the league, but Pittsburgh is the biggest threat to me. Um, I'll say this, and I guess it's the easiest way to put it. If Kansas City plays a good game by its standards, I don't think anybody's beaten them. But if the Steelers play really well and the Chiefs have a day where they're not great, they could lose. Um, I don't see anybody else right now in the AFC that even threatens them. Maybe Buffalo. Maybe. Like if the, I just I don't know that I and I know like this is like a almost like a comically run theme at this point with me. I don't know that I trust Josh Allen to win that game at Arrowhead or at Heinz Field in January. I don't because to me, like you don't you don't come back from huge mistakes in the playoffs, especially if you're the underdog. You just don't. You can't throw two picks in that game. You can't fumble the ball. You can't miss a wide open guy on third and seven. And I'm not saying Allen's gonna do all those things, but he has in the past. And I, I look at the rest of the conference. Who's beating Kansas City or Pittsburgh? Is it Tennessee? I mean, Tennessee has lost three or four. They can't get out of their own way. Indianapolis, like they're terrified to let Rivers throw a pass. Baltimore, Baltimore can't score a point. Like I, I, I just look at the rest of the conference. I mean, the only other team I'd say even has a shot is Buffalo. And I, I don't think Buffalo's on either one of their levels. See, and I wasn't watching the Bills and the Cardinals all afternoon, but I was watching the fourth quarter. So what I saw with the Bills, especially the last round, I'm like, okay. I mean, big-time moments making big-time throws, and he had some solid composure. Uh, but you're right. Sometimes he looks like, uh, and he being Josh Allen, sometimes he looks like just straight miserable. But what I, but I was watching them, I'm like, eh, Allen's doing it when, the, when, he, when they absolutely have to have it. So it gives me – if I'm a Bills fan, at least optimism that if they that he could do it in the biggest moments this year. But this, the Steelers are definitely ahead. Uh, let, let's look at the wild card then in the AFC as we go into the future. Uh, which AFC teams will occupy the three wild card spots? Where are you going, Matt? So I'm going to say Baltimore. I still think that I still think of all the teams in the wild card group, they're by far the best team. Um, I'm taking Vegas. The Raiders. I'm buying on the Raiders, and I was slow to. You were, to your credit, in the, I believe in the preseason, you thought they'd make the playoffs. I, I didn't. I thought their defense would kill them. Their defense is not great, although they played their best game of the year today. They completely shut Denver down. Um, and then I'm taking Tennessee. I think Indy's going to win the division. I'm going to take Tennessee. And look, here. so here's my reasoning. Tennessee plays Cleveland later in the year. It's at Tennessee. I think Tennessee will win. Gives them a tiebreaker. Um, and Miami's got a tough schedule ahead. Miami's got to play the Chiefs. They got to go to Vegas. They get New England again. They're at Buffalo. That's a lot of games that I think it's going to be tough for them to win all those games. So, and and I think Miami's a great story. I think Flores, by the way, if you had if I had a vote, coach of the year. But I do wonder with them, 
Two is three and zero, oh, but in two of these games, he's done absolutely nothing. Like I, 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 they're winning because their defense is basically scoring points, and so is their special teams, and that's great. But like, that's not going to happen every single week. So, I, I think Miami's got a shot, but I'll take Baltimore, the Raiders, and, and the Titans. I think those are the three teams right now in that group that are the best. So the Raiders, by the way, that's next Sunday night, baby. Raiders in yes. Kansas City. Little one of the great rivalries in football, and then they got Atlanta win, Jets win, Colts at home should be a win, probably a win. The Bolts, Miami, and Denver. A lot of winnable games there for the Raiders. If you're if we're if we go by skit, I got to think the Raver the Raiders are ten and six to eleven and five. Yep, all day. I I would say that's right. Um, but so. So let's put the Raiders in. We got the Chiefs in. Oh, I, I, I guess I like the Colts at this point. That was an impressive showing on Thursday night. By the way, another one that Carm got right. There's plenty that I've gotten wrong. Pittsburgh and, and Buffalo. I, I, the Dolphins, I don't know, man. I gotta, I'm in on Miami. They've won five in a row. They've, they're plus 69. They're killing teams, the Dolphins. Um, so, I mean, I, I – I, Tennessee, as you just outlined, just looks – they look awful. And I, and Baltimore looks awful. And they've got a tough schedule. So I'll take the Dolphins. I'll take the Raiders. And who am I taking for my third team? Is it you, Cleveland? Because that just feels really off. Let's look at the Browns' schedule. The Browns have the Eagles, Jacksonville, Tennessee, Baltimore, the Jets, the Giants, and I'll take the Browns. I'll take the <laughs> Cleveland Browns. I know. I looked at that schedule for a long time for this podcast. And I was like, I pick against that. And then I looked at Baker Mayfield and I said, you know what? I'm going to. I'm going to. But I, I don't know. I mean, I just think Baltimore will get to 11 plus wins. I think the Raiders might. I think they're going to get to 10. And they already beat Cleveland. I think Baltimore's in trouble, man. There's, there's, there's something, something amiss with the Ravens. I'll probably eat they those might, words. They, they um, might, listen, they lose to Tennessee. We'll have another conversation because yeah. that would be then it, it's like a major skid. But yeah, I, I would, I hear you. This is my favorite topic every week. And last week it was the Washington football team. Now it's the Giants. It's every Gi- week we have to yeah. talk about it. Do the Giants seriously push for the NFC East? I mean, Daniel Jones is sprinting down the field with reckless abandon, baby. Uh, I, my answer to this is absolutely, because who the hell else is going to do it? I mean, they're, they're all in it. Every single damn one of them yeah. has a chance. Well, see, I, I don't think Dallas has any chance. But I, I think the no, Giants – That's probably true. Like – they're a game out. I, they're, they're tied in the win column. Now, they're two back in the loss, which matters, although I'm guessing the Eagles are going to stack a whole bunch of those since everybody in that division does. So I'll say yes. I, I, think the, I think the Giants will. I mean, Jones played well, 21-28, no turnovers. He ran for over 60 yards. I'll give you a, a bonus question here. Um, is it, You've been on this earth a little longer than I have. Is this the worst division you've ever seen? So I'm like thinking back to the Seahawks were seven and nine and they made the playoffs in like whatever that was, 2011, 2010. I, I, 2010 thank you. I, I mean, I, I don't remember the whole division, how bad it was. I mean, you probably do because you're Matt Verderam and that's why and everybody should bow down to your NFL knowledge. But uh, this has got to be the worst division ever. It has to be. Dude, it, it definitely is. 
Like this oh, is just... definitely <laughs> it because even that Seahawks team, and, and I, I don't remember the records very, but I do remember that week 17, they were playing against the Rams, to, like make the playoffs. Like, so the Rams at least had to be within a game of them. I mean, the Rams were, I think, what, seven and nine as well, maybe six and 10. I mean, it's horrible, but it's at least this but division he, is so bad. Even just aside from the records, the Giants, Daniel these, Jones, these teams. Uh, Alex two. Smith, uh, like people are telling me, oh, the Redskins are starting their best quarterback they have here in the fourth quarter. He should be retired. Um, I believe, if memory serves, they are those four teams as a collective are two and eighteen when they're not playing each other. Well, that's good. It's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible. I, I really think there's a chance one of these teams wins this division with five wins. Maybe. Five seems aggressive, but six seems realistic. Maybe it will. Six, I, I think, is a shoo-in. I, you <laughs> might as well start popping champagne to get to six. Yeah, let, let, okay, hold on. Let's look at the Eagles' schedule here at three, five, and one. Can they get to six? The, I mean, the, the Philadelphia I, Eagles, got. they're at Cleveland, lost. Seattle, lost. Packers, lost. Saints, lost. Cardinals, lost. Dude, they're losing every one of these games. Yeah, I, it's, it's Cowboys, Washington. So they're, they're a five-win team. Yeah, if you, uh, on, at on, best. On paper. Best. On paper, right. Uh, hold on. Let's just have a little bit of fun here, and then we'll move on. The Giants. Let's see the old Giants schedule here. The Bengals. That's a winnable game. Uh, I wouldn't bet on them, but there it's a winnable game at Seattle. The Cardinals. The Browns. The Ravens. The okay. They're wow, wow. The Giants are a five-win team. Um, what do you got here, Washington? Washington and Dallas. There's no way in hell either one of them win four games, dude. There's no chance. Washington's got the Bengals, the Cowboys. That could be back-to-back wins at the Steelers. Lost the 49ers. That could be a win. The Panthers, that could be a win. And the Eagles. I would still bet on Washington to win the division. I am taking the Washington football team. You're going to get one, two, three. You're going to get four wins. So you got them at six and ten. I, I got I got the I got rolling into town. <laughs> I have the I have Washington. I've tried to say and the you know R great. Yeah. The the one good silver lining of all this is if they make the who no actually doesn't even matter whoever whoever wins the division they're gonna we be have a three way tie at five and eleven. Eagles I, got that tie, man. <laughs> oh yeah, Eagles they do. That that's tie. true. That's true. So they, that's tr- no, look. The best part about this is. One, no matter who wins, they're going to be awful. They're going to be in the 500, and they're going to host a playoff game. And so leading into Wild Card Weekend, we're going to be talking about all these great games in the AFC. We're going to be talking about like a, like really good matchups in the NFC. And it's going to be like Tampa Bay and Washington. But there's going to be that odd amount of pressure on Tampa. Like Even though they're in a position everybody wants to be in on Wild Card Weekend against the worst team, like there's that pressure that comes with that. Like, well, they couldn't possibly lose to them, could they? Like, always makes for a good time. Yeah, no, I, I, I look forward to it greatly, and I probably will be betting on the team who's in the NFCs just for to really add on and get some real play going on here, maybe even a teaser. Uh, all right, let's look at Denver. Can, will Drew Locke be the starter for the Broncos week one next year? No. Uh, Drew Locke is atrocious. And I, I put this on here because I wanted to illustrate a point, Okay. Drew Locke against the Raiders, who defensively are not good. Um, I think the Raiders would tell you that. He went 23 of 47 for 257, which is five and a half yards in attempts, which is deplorable. One touchdown and four picks. Like, what? 
it's so unconscionably bad. And for the record now, so Drew Locke, he completed less than 50% of his passes. Okay, 48.9 to be exact. Coming into the game, he was at 56.5, which if you're not up on stats and how they work in the NFL in 2020, like if you're below 62, 63% in the NFL as a completion rate, you are horrendous. How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. Like, that's impossible in today's day and age with the way teams play offense. He is now at about 55, 54%, whatever the hell it comes out to. He's also now at seven touchdowns and 10 picks. I, I mean... It's impossible to be this bad, like almost to the point that I wonder if Denver will bench him. But then I look and I say, well, it's Jeff Driscoll and Brett Ripien, so probably not, or uh, Ripon rather, so probably not. I you just can't don't bench see, him. You can't. I agree. I, I agree. When I looked at the depth chart, I said they, they just won't. So I can't. I think he plays a string out. They're three and six. They're not going anywhere. And then you got to start thinking, man, like Elway's got to go after another quarterback. And if you're a Broncos fan, just start cracking open the Tums. Because he and quarterbacks not been great. Simeon, Osweiler, Paxton Lynch, this character. I mean, it's just one. And none of these guys have even been decent. Elway is turning into the Michael Jordan of talent evaluation. It's not. <laughs> it's, it's, he doesn't get credit ever for being the GOAT, but there's some parts of John Elway at quarterback that he like, I mean, just the cannon arm and his oh, the, unbelievable. He yeah. was, he's a, I think he's historically underrated just as I'm trying to make a, 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 a Jordan comparison here, but this is, you would think you're John Elway, man. Can't you find a quarterback? This is the one thing you should be able to evaluate. Uh, he just picks guys who are built like him and it doesn't matter how they throw a football. It's like, well, he looks like me. So I'm just going to go out and get him. And I, I think if you're Denver, like you're in a division where you have Patrick Mahomes is 25 years old. Like you're not, you have no chance in that division. I don't care what else you do, who's around them, doesn't matter. If you can't put a quarterback on that field who's a top 10 quarterback, you have no shot. And and by the way, Derek Carr's playing the best ball he's played his entire career. Derek Carr's played really well this year. Like he's played like a top 10 quarterback. And oh, in case you forgot, Justin Herbert looks pretty damn good. I like, yep. Like, really good. So, you start looking at that. Like, I did my quarterback rankings last week. I do them every Tuesday on Fanside. And we, it was the first time I had three quarterbacks in the AFC West all in the top 10. And let me tell you something Drew Locke wasn't one of them. So, <laughs> it's time if you're Denver, you got to start thinking about, okay, what are we going to do? Who are we going to bring in? Because this is not tenable. We, we have no shot with him. Let's go to the Bears and their head coach, Matt Nagy specifically, who is giving up play calling tomorrow night, your Monday night matchup with Minnesota. The Vikings under 500 yet favored in Chicago against the five and four Bears. Does Matt Nagy giving up the play sheet matter? You want me to go first? You want to take this? Oh, take it. Take it. So it matters from a standpoint that, first of all, they can't be any worse. So I, I appreciate the fact that he is – giving Bill Lazor a shot, who's been a coordinator for four years in the league, did it for two years with the Dolphins, and Ryan Tannehill did it two years with Cincinnati. Now, the best record he's ever had as a coordinator is 8-8. Didn't have a ton of talent, but 
look, Matt Nagy has proven that he is incapable of doing something other than what Matt Nagy, how he wants to call plays. He doesn't really know how to figure out what talent he has and make the best of it. He's just got the system that he wants to run. So it's great that he's moving out of it. Now, will it actually matter what you're asking when you have an offensive line that is completely dysfunctional and Nick Foles, who looks great for a minute in Philadelphia, but hasn't looked great for a long time. I mean, I think it will be better, but I think it's like 12% better, which I don't know if that's going to be enough to where everybody said, everybody I think is going to say, well, it's all, it's all the same malarkey. So the answer, I guess, is no. Okay, so uh, you covered it. I'll say no because he's still the same quarterbacks. And I got to tell you, I I commend Nagy for doing it because I think it was the right decision for the team. But <laughs> you were hired because you're an offensive guru. And now you're not calling the plays. Why are you still here? Right, which is why, I mean, his Friday press conference, which if you want a further in-depth dive on this, go check out the Windy City podcast that I put out on Sunday on it. Oh, like, I, get, I, I, I give him credit because you're not putting yourself in front of the team. But yeah. what is he now? What, I mean, if, if it doesn't work out, well, you're not the offensive guru. You're not a head coach. So, hello, special teams coordinator, which – is a nice gig. I'd t- I'd, it's better than what we're doing here, but that's where he's headed. Yeah, I mean, if Laser comes in and picks up – see, here's the other thing that's interesting. So, like, let's just say Laser comes in, does a really good job, and, like, they really start rolling. Like, like, just, you know, compared to what they've been. Like, I'm not saying they're, like, the, uh, you know, the, the Chiefs all of a sudden, but, like, they're much better offensively. Well, then you got to say, well, hell, I mean, Nagy was the problem the whole way, right? Like – uh, but if that happens, though, and they actually start winning games, they're you not going to give him fu- credit. But it also is like, well, why the hell? Is he, why, what the hell? Like he cost us, right? But like his best qualities are he's a very positive person. He he his players, I think, like him. The respect factor, though, I just don't think he's gotten there. Like he just wants to be buddy buddy with everybody. He talks about how awesome it is on the plane ride. He talks about club dub. He talks about how nothing's really going to change with us. Me and the coordinators, we're still all going to put this together. You know, throughout the week. No, 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 Matt. Matt, things just changed. You're no longer calling the plays. You should take a step back during the week too. You don't be the overseer. And by the way, you don't. These you're not. Your goal is to not have everybody love you. Your goal is to have everyone respect you uh, and that's just a big shift for a guy who's been you know just trying to find his way through the NFL right I mean he's he's he started at the bottom it came quickly for him in Chicago and I, I just don't think he was quite ready for being like authoritative like Bill Belichick guy and he's, he's got to build some of those muscles that's what I see well, fair enough I, it's very interesting to see how they play on Monday night yeah let's do in or out Green Bay is a legitimate title contender are you in or out Matt you know what I'm out I'm, I'm, I'm out, right? I am. You know, I watched that whole game against Jacksonville live, and I wanted to claw my eyeballs out for most of it. Like, Jake Luton threw about 10 balls that should have been intercepted. You knew James Robinson, by the way, the pride of Rockford, Illinois. Um, you knew James Robinson was getting the football. Like, to the point that like, Greg Jennings was in the broadcast booth basically screaming down the play calls at Matt LaFleur and Mike Pettin. And they were just ripping off chunks of yards. It was ridiculous. 
And then you get all these people, like, you know, on Twitter, and they're Packers fans. I mean, they're not obviously Packer players or anything, but they're like, well, you know, it was windy today. Who cares? You're playing Green Bay, you're at home, you're playing Jacksonville. Shut up. It's windy for them, too. They live in Florida. I mean, it, it's just such a joke. And they're out there, like, barely hanging on in the fourth quarter in a two-minute drill. They can't put Jacksonville away. They needed, like, an inch. They can't get it. They've got a punt. I mean, but, you know, I give one, Dean Lowry, give him credit. He knocked down a pass to, I believe it was Keelan Cole's a slant route. If Keelan Cole gets his hands on that ball and it was thrown right to him, he would have been running for 30 yards. It would have been in position. And by the way, Dean Lowry, also Rockford at Pride. So it was quite the game for Rockford. Since but, you brought up Dean Lowry, where do you go to college? Northwest. That's right. What's their record? 4-0. That's right, Ferdinand. Way to fall. That, well, that just made my night. I got to tell you, you right. I'm I mean, on I, top of things. I'm that, that, that was huge. I'm uh, I, I actually think the Packers are a quote-unquote legitimate title contender because who who you who you picking in the NFC? Nobody, you, but they'll get absolutely smoked by Kansas City or Pittsburgh. Okay, I mean, sure. Either one you, of those two teams would boat race the hell out of the Packers. Th that's fine, but they, they have a chance. They do have, I think, a legitimate chance to get to the Super Bowl. You uh, could argue that, and I'm not – look, to be clear, I'm not saying that's wrong, but yeah. I'm talking can they win the Super Bowl? Now, look, obviously, if you want to argue, hey, anybody can win one game, sure. You want to go that route. But in terms of, like, do I legitimately think they're as good as the best teams in the NFL? No, I don't. I don't think they're as good as Kansas City. I don't think they're as good as Pittsburgh. I don't think they're as good as Tampa, quite honestly. Now, now they may get them at home and beat them. I don't think they're as good as Tampa. I, I'd love to see that game. It's the, I really, really would love to see that game. So would uh, I. So would I. That would be awesome. Uh, the Texans should consider keeping Romeo Crennel in or out. The rumors so are out I there. I only put this right because there was a report from Ian Rappaport that said that they were considering keeping him. So I'm going to break down why this is even out here. Okay. Jack Easterby who was the team chaplain for the Patriots, has now somehow commandeered the, the franchise down in Houston. And there's a thought that, well, if, if Romeo Cornell, who's the interim coach right now, if he stays as the head coach, Easterby retains a lot of his power because obviously Cornell's in no position to tell Easterby what to do because he's Romeo Cornell, and it's a miracle he has a head coaching job. If he goes out and hires a real head coach like an Eric Bieniemy or Brian Dable from Buffalo, take your pick. Uh, he's not going to have that authority anymore. So that's kind of the, the, the crux of this whole thing, and it was reported that Cornell's got an opportunity to be the head coach. I am as far out on this as I've ever been on anything in my life. Okay, let me tell you something. I lived through Romeo Cornell as a head coach. You lived through Romeo Cornell as a head coach since you were in Kansas City at the time. Correct me if I'm wrong. The Chiefs went 2-14 and 14 it was the most disastrous thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, literally to the point, they didn't even look like they knew they had a game to play. It was the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen. And the only silver lining was, and it was a big one, they got Andy Reid out of it. Because let me tell you, that was literally. I remember watching them down the stretch of that 2012 season when they went 2-14. It's the only time in my life I actively rooted against my own team. I just wanted him fired. I was legitimately cheering for the other team because I just I could not take watching it them have have him for another day. And I thought that God forbid he ever gets his team to like four and twelve, they might keep him. So if the Texans keep him, the Texans should be contracted. So I love Romeo Cornell. He's such a good person. Great guy. Great guy. The worst head coach I've ever seen. 
I I was so happy when he got a chance at Kansas City that I was so disappointed. Like, really? You're this bad of a head coach? Come on, Romeo. You're such a good dude. You were in KC, right? When I, I, I Well, I was in KC when he was a defensive coordinator under Haley, and I think I was gone by the time he was a head coach. Cause the, uh, he, he's 2012, right? I left yeah. in 11. Okay. So, no, I wasn't there. But, I, you know, it was him and uh, who was their – oh, uh, Charlie Weiss, Weiss was their offensive – that it's right so charlie weiss was like straight death of i i, I couldn't stand him and Nobody romeo would, uh, right Ro, and romeo would come in he was the greatest to talk to and i actually really liked todd haley back then by the way for the record um i will forever say that todd haley got a bad deal but he, I, he I did care. he he did I'll fight todd, anybody to the death on that he got a horrible deal in kansas city yeah um but so listen cornell like i can't express to people who haven't lived through him as their head coach I can't express what a tire fire that is. <laughs> like it's one of those things that you know immediately you've made a horrible decision. Yeah. It's like marrying a stripper in Vegas when you're hammered on Patron and then wake up the next day and you're like, you know what? I don't need to have anybody like talk to me about it. I don't have to have a conversation. <laughs> I've I've made a terrible mistake. No, like there's no there's there's no like uh. need to reflect. It was a, it was an awful decision both in, in the moment and then retrospectively if Houston hires Romeo Cornell same thing all right let's move on from Romeo and we'll go to Buffalo the Bills Romeo I love you but you, you're not a head coach and he's just too old at this point just let the guy also move along. Yeah. yeah the Bills are in a real fight for the AFC East with Miami in or out I'm out but I do think it's became very interesting with DeAndre Hopkins caught that Hail Mary because the Bills would have been a game and a half up going into their bye week. Now, they're half game up going into their bye week, and they do have the win over Miami from week two, which is key. It was in Miami. The rematch is week 17 up in western New York. I'm guessing on January 3rd, probably not going to be balmy in Buffalo. So uh, that does matter. I also have looked at the schedules. The Bills do not have a very hard schedule the rest of the way. The 49ers. Uh, they are finished with the Jets. They do have the Pats again. It's on the road, uh, but I, I would think they would win that game. It's not a shoe-in, but I think they'd win it. Um, they do have the Steelers on a Sunday night. It's at home, but that's a tough game. But you look at their schedule. They don't They don't have a ton of games going forward that are ultra difficult. They have the Chargers at home. should win that game. Uh, they, they play the Broncos on the road. I don't care that it's on the road. They should win that game. So I, I think Buffalo realistically, like worst case, is going to go eleven and five, and I, I don't think Miami can get there. If Miami, and, and even if they do, they they might lose the breaker. Like I don't, I just don't think Miami's going to get to eleven wins. I think ten's their best, their best young. So I, I'll say out, but I do think that it got more interesting. If Buffalo screws up and drops a game, it shouldn't. Then it's a conversation. I think they actually are in a, a, a battle with Miami, but. Uh... Okay. I, I I don't know. It, that was a tough loss today for the Bills. If they had, and, and I'm just impressed with the Dolphins, man. I and I maybe this is a rooting thing. Maybe this is a little bit of a Brian Flores uh, to a, just the story of the Dolphins that I'm just kind of rooting for a battle in the East. But uh, and I also feel like the just Buffalo karma for some weird reason like that was just such a brutal, brutal. Tough way Vintage. to go in your buy. I mean, just not great. Like, um, you gotta think, and real quick, you got to think about this. You're going to- How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? 
This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good. To buy off that. And you imagine that flight home from Arizona to Buffalo? <laughs> that's, that's a funeral in a plane. I mean, it, nobody's saying a word after that game. Guys, stay up. Well, all right. Enjoy your off time. Don't worry about it. You played a great game. That was a miracle. DeAndre Hopkins is a killer. If you don't bat the ball down next time, I'll shoot all of you. Um, all right. The Ravens are going to miss the playoffs in a row. We covered this. Yeah, I was going to say, we went over it, so I'll, I'll be brief. You know, so here, let's, let's actually, let's alter it a little bit. Let's say the Ravens uh, are, in, are in significant trouble when it comes to being a, a true contender in the AFC. I, I'll, say, I'll say that I'm in on the fact that they got real problems. They can't throw the ball. Like they just in in when they really have to, and I know like Jackson's numbers tonight were not bad, but if you watch the game, how many A plus throws did he really make? Now and, and hey, he played in a monsoon. Okay, I'm not sitting here saying I expect Lamar Jackson to throw 400 yards, but this is a pattern of things that have been going on for weeks on end now. I mean, it, they can't get chunk plays unless he's using his legs, which is fine when he's running. But when he's throwing, it's a major issue. And I'm not putting it all on Lamar, by the way. They have no receivers who scare you. I, I, I couldn't believe they didn't draft one of these receivers early on in the draft in April. And, and, and Patrick Queen's a fine pick, but my God, I mean, you need a receiver. You need somebody. And Devin DuVernay's not doing it. Great kick returner, not doing much in the offense. And, and I'll say this too. Losing Nick Boyle to what might have been a very serious injury, Ouch. and I, I don't want to speculate, but that didn't look good, okay? Um, I'll tell you this much. I was in Indianapolis a few years ago in 2019 when he signed a three-year, $18 million deal. And I asked an agent, prominent agent, why do you think Baltimore gave him three years and $18 million? He has never had a touchdown catch. And he said he is the best blocking tight end in the league by a country mile. That's all they care about. They do not care if he ever catches a touchdown pass. And I asked a few other people the same thing, got the exact same answer. Him not being there, if he is out for a long period of time, that's a big problem. They traded Hayden Hurst in the offseason. They lost Ronnie Stanley, their left tackle. They're all pro left tackle to an ankle injury for the year. Marshall Yonder, their future Hall of Fame right guard, retired. That's a lot of guys who are key parts of what they do up front who are gone. Yonda and Stanley, by a mile, were their best linemen and are two of the best five linemen last year in football. And Nick Boyle is essentially another lineman. All gone. All gone, not replaced, all gone. Ouch. Major problem for a team that has to run the ball and stay ahead of the sticks to be successful. Great job underlining that. Uh, All right, let's wrap it up here, team. Thank you for listening to Stack in the Box. We always appreciate it, and we appreciate when you give a rating. Tell somebody uh, about the podcast. These guys are amazing. Verteram is my hero. We love his Twitter, at Matt Verteram. Thank you so much. We do wrap up each week with what's going on in the old life. Anything special over there? Yeah, I'll tell you what's going on. So, so COVID has has effed all of us, right? Like it's just it's a disaster at this point. Uh, out here in Illinois, I think the positivity rate something like three hundred and eighty-seven percent. So, uh, the the holidays are going to be interesting. I don't know what's going on. I think in my my wife's family, because my family lives out in New York, if you couldn't tell by the accent. Um, my wife's family lives essentially ten minutes away, and so they usually have a big 
get together for Thanksgiving. We're not doing that this year, but my wife has a couple of siblings, a couple of sisters. They're going to come in. Uh, but the one, her one sister is 20 some odd weeks pregnant. The other one works as an ER nurse in Madison. So like not, not ideal. So now everybody's talking about having to wear a mask. And I want to make clear, look, I, I, I think you should wear a mask. Okay. I, I don't think this should be controversial. But the idea of wearing a mask on Thanksgiving really bums me out. Like, it just does. It just kind of takes all the fun out of the holidays. So like, I'm not going to go on Thanksgiving. i got to work anyway. So I'm essentially going to tell Steph, hey, can you pick me up some food? I'm going to stay home. This way I don't get anybody sick. God forbid I had it and didn't know it. And I get the food, right? And I get some time, some peace and quiet to myself. Um, but the most important thing, and the reason I say all this, if COVID's going to rip away the holidays the way I want to have them, Look, I love Christmas. Nobody, nobody takes Christmas away from Matt Verderam, including COVID, okay? I'm decorating early. Steph's been all over my, my ass about that. I can't decorate until the day after Thanksgiving. Effie. She goes to work. I work from home. I'm decorating the entire house tomorrow. I don't care. And by the time she gets home, this house is going to look like Griswold family Christmas. Well, and let me just back you up on this. You and 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 I know you're happy where where you're living out there in in Rockford, but you had a wonderful palatial pad in in the beautiful city of Chicago. You willingly moved out to Rockford, Illinois, which yeah. let's be honest, not many people are willing to do that in their lives. It's uh, some people call it the worst city in all of America, which it's not, but some people it has been called that by many places. And you and you went out I, there I think potentially fairly <laughs> but right. I mean, it's, 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 it's not the worst comment that people have made. And you were like, you know what? You're from there. Your, your folks are from there. You want to be home. I will do it. I'll drive two hours there and back to get to work. You get to do whatever the hell you damn want. As far as Christmas goes, I'm, I, I back you 1000%. That's right. That's right. Well, you know what? And I'll say this. I call many places a whole to the point that I've gotten in trouble for it. As you know, since you've had to do some of these apology videos with me, um, when I moved to Rockford, my initial thought was complete hole. I can't believe I have to do this, but I'm married and I married way up. So I'm cool with it. Um, I actually really enjoy Rockford. Like there's a lot to do and they've really like, they've, they've done like, a lot downtown. I, I gotta be, I really do. Like they have the city market thing on Fridays when there's not COVID. It's like a lot of fun. I, I've really grown to enjoy it. Like I love the neighborhood we live in. It's quiet. It's peaceful. It's safe. But I, I, I miss Chicago. I, I, loved, I loved living in the city. Um, although I don't miss it right now, considering what's going on. I can't even imagine being cooped up in our apartment right now. It would have been a nightmare. But Rockford, uh, listen, if you stay on the side of the, the town that I, I reside in, it's fun. It's good. <laughs> you go to the wrong side of town. You may not come back. You're going to toss it out there. Listen, uh my roommate that I had for about five years, good old, good old Amy Moore, now Amy Johnson, living out in Pennsylvania. Uh, she was from Rockford. Dad's a dentist out in Rockford. Her brother's a dentist in Rockford. They love Rockford, man. They call it Vegas. I don't know why, but that's what they call it. Rockford, Rockford's fine. Like it's not. There's no glitch at all. Though we are getting a casino, which is pretty dope. Getting the Hard Rock. I, I, listen, I, I've been to Rockford. I, 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 I'd shoot myself if I lived there, but I, but I, but I, but I, but, but, but I, but I'd get over it. And I, listen, I'm happy wherever I am. And it's, Hey, yeah, yeah I'm sure it's a, you got, you got some space, you got a good, whatever. I, I listen. It was I, made a lot easier because I still worked in Chicago. 
Yeah, there you go. You're you know, close. so I spent so much time there. I, I didn't really care. I'm like, who cares? Like, I'm going to be home. In my like, It doesn't really matter where the house is. And then COVID happened. COVID and it still doesn't matter because I'd still be inside. So like, it really, it really right. damn different. COVID's the best thing that's ever happened to your career. You, you've literally missed out on nothing being out there. Uh, I have no, and I have a lot more space. Right. Like our, our house is literally three times the size of our condo, and we have a yard. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's yeah. nice. But, hey, listen, all right, nobody yeah. cares. Nobody's, nobody's got any. No, if you're still listening, we love you beyond, beyond loving anything we've ever loved in our yeah. life. Thank you. We'll see you on Wednesday. Week 11 is here. The games are mostly brutal, but there's a couple dandies in there. So, uh uh, yes, we'll talk to you on Wednesday afternoon. Hope you enjoyed stacking the box. At Progressive, you can get 24-7 protection, even if you break the space-time continuum. Ted, wake up. What? You look exactly like me. I am you, Ted, from the future. You need to call Progressive. What? Why? Well, they have 24-7 protection when you bundle your home and auto, and my teleportation cube just smashed into your car. Wait, you crashed into my car? Technically, it's our car. Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.